This is Life Made Better, a podcast from two coaches with a zest for not only their lives, but yours. In this series, Fleur and Lucia seek out tips, tools, and exercises to inspire you to achieve your dreams and goals. Join us and let's make life better. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us on to another week at Life Made Better. I am so humbled to have our amazing guest today, which is no other than the one and only Femi Otitoju. She is a charismatic and inspirational leader. She is a diversity and inclusion specialist with a career spanning over 30 years. Combining a scientific background with persuasive and engaging training skills, Femi is often described as a gifted presenter. Femi founded Challenge Consultancy in 1985 to provide high quality, effective training and consulting services to the private, public and voluntary sectors. Challenge is now an association of trainers and consultants designing and delivering solutions for a wide range of UK and global organizations. And Femi has designed much sought after unconscious bias and inclusive leadership programs and delivered a wide range of equality and diversity courses, cultural awareness, dignity at work, coaching, meditation, and board development services. Femi, thanks so much for being with us today. Real pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm sure our audience would love to hear a little bit more about your journey and the path that ultimately brought you to Create Challenge. Well, at my heart, I'm an activist. And my aim really, I think, is just to kind of make the world a fairer, better place for as many different types of people as we can. Um, my journey started with a career, I suppose to get into challenge, started with a career in local government. So I'd been a salesperson, I'd worked in newspapers and recruitment and various things like that. But always while I was doing that, I was out waving banners, marching and generally making a fuss about what I saw as inequalities. The great natural home for me then was local government because that was a, a place where people were trying very hard to provide good services to you know, the whole of the community. So it was my natural home. And I began in, it was called the Greater London Council. So it was a, a sort of central for the, for the London area as, as a women's committee support officer. So I worked in the women's unit and making things better for women. And then after the GLC, I went to a local borough, my own home borough here in Haringey in London, where I was what was known as a training officer for the lesbian, gay and bisexual unit at that time. And then when that was closing, someone said, oh, Femi, don't worry, you'll be fine, you'll get a job. You could go to the race unit. So I'd been a professional woman and then a professional lesbian, and now I was facing being a, a professional black person. And I thought, you know, I really, really would quite like to bring all of this together in one place. And it wasn't the done thing at the time. So that's why I started Challenge, so that I could take this integrated approach to equalities. Well, it sounds... Uh amazing to hear that it was at your heart and you just kept pushing forward <laughs> and I can already feel there was no stopping you <laughs> you you knew that what you stand for and you knew that it wasn't fair that people weren't treated with equality and you know that's something very close to my heart after teaching and challenging areas for over 20 years and seeing how much equality there is especially living in London so why challenge what does it stand for for you well, challenge for me represents the bringing together of the things that people do for a living 
and the things that people do because they believe in it. We at Challenge have managed to bring those two things together. And so we do for a living what we absolutely live and breathe. So Challenge is, represents the coming together of people who dedicate every single bit of their waking time to making things better. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing to be able to do. What a beautiful combination, though, to be doing something you really, really love and you're making a living out of. So, you know, hats off to you that you've managed to do that because <laughs> we're still charging forward with it and <laughs> feel exactly the same way that, you know, we will not give up making humans better humans. If <laughs> and, you know, we want everyone to awaken to the fact if you do something from your heart, actually, it fills your soul, doesn't it? It feeds you. Thank <laughs> Absolutely. And I, you know, I can, obviously I attended one of your courses, Femi, the one that you did on unconscious bias. And I think that was one of the things that shone through throughout is that the passion that you had for that knowledge and the passion of making everybody aware of what was happening and how to be more inclusive. I also wanted to to sort of speak because I think if we think of 2020, other than of course, being to going to be remember as the year that brought us COVID, I think we would also remember it for one of the greatest movements that we have seen, which was Black Lives Matter. And I think in a way, this helped opening the eyes uh, to the world of how unfair the situation still is, of how unfair the world we live in still is. And this is one of the areas that you focus on, on diversity and inclusion and, and how to bring the world together. So I'm curious to hear from your point of view, if you can share any insights of the work that you do in this space, and more in particular, how this has helped also the business culture. Well, I, the work that we do in this space is about trying to get people excited around the topic. Uh, one of the approaches that we take is different from, it's not just about compliance. It's not just about creating codes and policies and sort of procedures. It's about making people feel, see how they fit in to this movement and it's you know Black Lives Matter has had a spotlight on it in 2020 but of course it had been around for quite some time before that and previous movements have had the same aim so I think what we want to do is to help everyone see that they can be a part of the change and that they get to start you know to gain from the change we don't have a good working environment unless everybody is comfortable in that working environment so what we try and do with our unconscious bias training with our inclusive leadership training is to get everyone to the point where they can see what needs to be done they can see what their part could be in it and they want to do it that they're excited about it I think it's really important mm. yeah mm. and I think you're bringing up a really important point because you know there's one thing of knowing that this challenge exists but the other one is how do you shift that perspective for an entire organization to want to get on board to be willing to get on board because it's only if you can get them in motion that you're going to start to see the changes and for them to get in motion they've got to be willing to exactly so yeah from the, another curiosity is you know how do you do that you know what is the little nuggets that you give people that get them on board to think differently and feel differently well we are great storytellers 
So we meet hundreds of people, sometimes thousands of people in a week. So we first of all share our own stories and how we've grown from it and how we've inspired others with them. And then we encourage people to do their own, to tell their stories too. And then you know, if you can connect people across their lived experiences, if you can get people to share things that resonate with others, even though they have a different lived experience, then you build connections. And that connection then inspires people to do things better. So it's all about the people. You know, before I got into actually working in the public sector, a lot of, I spent a lot of time sort of doing little jobs when I was studying, selling things. I sold everything from double glazing to central heating to insurance in order to pay, you know, put myself through the studies I wanted to do. And that skill, which I never thought I would need, is what I use every single day uh, to sell equality, diversity and inclusion. Just getting people to really um, connect to it on an emotional level by the sounds of it. And this is what we're kind of trying to do with this podcast. We're trying to get people to share their stories so everybody can learn from it. Mm. So what can you tell us a bit about, you know, your story and anything that you think people would be able to connect to? Well, I think my story is quite interesting. I, my, I'm the daughter of an immigrant, as so many of us are. And my mother was here raising girls alone. And that wasn't easy in the late 50s, early 60s. And she constantly came up against, you know, she couldn't get credit because there wasn't a man around to sign the the higher purchase firms. And she couldn't get passports for her girls because her father wasn't around. And every day she was up against this difficulty around gender. And then, of course, as a Nigerian woman with a strong Nigerian culture, she was also facing other issues, very stark racism in those early days. And I, as a child, saw that. Um, Mm. And I and I heard her frustration and that lived experience, I think, stayed with me. There was a little space in between when I just wanted to walk away from it. I wanted to be I wanted to assimilate. I didn't want to face. I thought the way to avoid the obstacles that my mother faced was to not be like my mother. And then I wouldn't face mm. the same obstacle. Trouble is, I can decide not to talk to her, and I could like her rather. I could decide not to obviously have her accent or whatever, but I can't not be a black woman. I can't wake mm. up on racism is such hard work. Do you know what? I think I'll be white. It's easy. So the story was that I I came to terms with who I am, recognized that, you know, I'm a black woman growing up in in England and I have to either apologize for who I am, try and bleach out my culture and other aspects of myself where I can, or I can go, do you know what? I need to work harder at making people like me be more accepted in this space. So my story is that my own lived experience created my passion and commitment, and then the passion and commitment created the thing that I do. I love you're brave enough to do that there to have that courage it's one thing recognizing it and it's another thing doing something about it so that's um yeah credible well done I mean I, I mean I would say to people that you know either we we grab hold of who we are and we say okay I am going to be the best that I can be with that and try and change the world that doesn't accept me or you know we spend quite a lot of energy trying to look after the world so that they can cope with us. And that's, you know, that I don't think that's a useful way for us to use use our energy. It's an option. We can try to survive by um, not being noticed for being different. 
but I think it takes a lot of energy and I'm not sure it's as creative as it should be no and I think what that word isn't it survive why why should you know any human being survive when they can thrive if they can use that energy came from pain from you to start with and now it's you know obviously it's a pleasure isn't it to do what you're doing by the sounds of it even I know that probably there's lots of days when it's very hard (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean there are days when you think okay this customer's not buying (laughs) (laughs) they're not ready yet (laughs) yeah you just think well I'll come back another day I'll try another route in yeah yeah yeah. and Mm. timing is very important isn't it let's face it Uh, that's what I was going to ask because I think one of the things that is getting spoken about is that with movements such as as we spoke Black Lives Matter the Me Too it seems to be forming that global cultural movement of we need to do something about this and at the very least, just bringing it to everyone's agenda, people that were not so aware of these things happening, we are starting to be now. Uh, obviously, you've been doing this since 1985. So are you seeing any different now to what it was before? And if so, what do you think is making it different now? It's hugely different now from the way it used to be before. I mean, I certainly remember contacting organisations, asking if I could come along and speak with them, saying that I would bring biscuits if they just... (laughs) 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 Uh, It's hugely different now where the, the issues of diversity are permanently on the agenda of all sorts of uh, organisations from huge international not-for-profit, you know, and non-governmental organisations to commercial organisations and right in the very heart of our public sector. I think, yeah, things are very different now. And I think partly, you know, you talked about COVID coming in and, you know, being the kind of the big thing, the big story for 2020. But I think it also contributed to the rise of the movement, the further rise of the movement, the Black Lives Matter movement and various other movements, because, you know, we lots of us, even if we didn't have more time, because we were homeschooling and all of this other stuff, that's a big myth, I think, by the way, about the uh, about lockdown, that loads and loads of us have got lots more time, loads and loads of us have a lot less time, but we, we, we're still confined and we, we looked into our devices for more stimulation. And I think, therefore, social media had a greater part in our lives than it had done at any other time. And so the message of the movement just got out a bit more than it would have done if we hadn't, mm. if us hadn't been locked down. I no. love the fact, I know that there's so much, you know, it's not great for kids to be on social media all the time, but my kids seem to be so much more aware of inequality. And kids do not judge when they're young. They, they take everybody as face value, you know, young kids. And they are so upset when they hear, you know, that someone's not been treated properly. And I feel that that is going to have a good effect in the long run. What are your thoughts on that? Well, we at Challenge have chosen to focus a lot on media, particularly children's television and children's films and so on and it's a space that we've kind of snapped around at the edges of and they finally let us in and that sector is very committed I think to diversity and inclusion. I think that children they are very easy to program in terms of where their their judgments lie about people and if they get the right messages 
early enough, then it's wonderful. It's a huge responsibility if you're raising children, if you're educating children, if you're entertaining children, it's incumbent on you to make sure that you're giving absolutely, to be aware of the messages you're giving. It's not good enough to just mm-hmm. you know, say, well, we won't do anything bad. We need to be aware of the impact of what we're doing on a day-to-day basis. So all of us, parents, aunties, uncles, next door neighbours, publishers, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes about waking everybody up. Yeah, it is that awakening. So how can we be more open and inclusive, do you think? I think a lot of inclusivity is about courage. And if I take a step back from that, I think a lot of inequality stems from a lack of uh, familiarity, from a discomfort around that which is different. And so the more we are mixing with different types of people, the easier it is to be inclusive. But how do you start interacting with people who are so different from yourself, who are not part of your life right now, who, you know, you can't wander up and say, oh, you look very different from me. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) kind of start joining in with you whatever it is you're doing it's not that simple so I think the first thing is well let's just open our minds a wee bit let's think about the stuff that we consume whether that's your magazines or your television your radio and whatever hey listen to a podcast or something a little bit different from what you normally would I think that's the start of being more inclusive because we start to hear other voices different from our own and they start to feel familiar and as soon as things start to feel familiar they start to feel safer And when they start to feel safe, then we feel more inclined to engage with them. So we can start to be more inclusive by widening our boundaries and increasing our social circles a bit later after that. And then that will make it easier for us to, you know, interact professionally with different types of people. It's a journey, but it will be an extremely pleasant one. Yeah, make the unfamiliar familiar. And it's more interesting, isn't it? Let's face it. If we're always going to filling ourselves with the same kind of people. It can be very boring. It's nice to have that diversity of people and find out about their backgrounds and their belief systems and their cultures. I think it adds more magic to our life. I think it does get brave, though, because sometimes people are nervous to ask about other people. They feel that it might be misconstrued and so on. So, you know, we should set out our stall. Look, I'm really interested in, you know, what, you, what, what you've done in the past or, you know, things that have affected you. And, and just be open and ask the questions, I think. Yeah, it's about the questioning. And I think you said something that I want to pick up on because a lot of people kind of, uh, you know, when they hear diversity and inclusion, it's like, oh, that's, you know, to be a job for me, I can't take any part in that. But I'm hearing two things which I'm loving, and is that each and every one of us has a role to play in here. And it can be as little or as, or as big as you want it to be. But I think on the one hand is understanding that we all have a role to play. And on the other one, as you were just saying, is like it could be just tuning in into another channel, choosing to listen to another podcast deciding to strike a conversation with somebody else like I for example come from Spanish background which you can hear in my accent and obviously my children are very much aware of the different culture just because of that but uh, you know if I bring it to the parents a little bit I also play an active role in teaching my children about different cultures the Spanish one of course But then we read books about France or, you know, my mum used to live in Brussels. We would go there and they would start to see different worlds. So I do like that idea that you bring in that we all can do 
a little bit. And I think is that notion of little by little, step by step, and individual by individual, we can start making that bigger change that we're all hoping becomes a reality. Absolutely, absolutely. So we start young, but it, you know, it may not be at your home, may not be a personal thing. It may be in your professional environment that you say, okay, I'm going to create a bit of space in which people can come together and share and celebrate their their cultures and their backgrounds, where people can talk openly about their, you know, their identity uh, and what that means for them on a day to day basis, whether that's their their faith or their you know their gender identity. It shouldn't be off the table. We shouldn't be wandering around each other going I'm too nervous to talk to you about it mm-hmm. I can't get to know you can I if I don't yeah yeah it's being vulnerable and brave isn't it at the same time you know the person you're talking to needs to be vulnerable and you need to be brave to ask the question it's uh, and I do think you know London schools do that very well about celebrating diversity and I think you know generally I'm finding it getting better but also yeah regionally it's all about it's you know individual teachers as pockets of excellence all over the country all you need is one bright light in the place and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah and it ripples doesn't it as well so how would you describe how helping others the way you do is it's helped your soul. Oh, I mean, I just, every single day, I feel like I have achieved, you know, at the end of a session and someone says, I'm going to do this. This is what I love to hear, the magic things. Like, oh, I never thought that. I'm going to go and talk to her, read this, do that. I'm just going to try that thing that you said. I'm going to ask that question. There's nothing that gives me greater pleasure. How do I feel? I feel... No, even more motivated because I think, yay, two today, four, four tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you look like you've got that, that energized soul anyway, which obviously does keep you going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I was going to ask because obviously the work, the work that you do, it's at a global scale, and you know it moves mountains. So, where do you find that strength and, and motivation and inspiration to to push on? My clients give me the, the 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 motivation to push on you know if you're you're feeling a little bit tired you're thinking oh it's four o'clock I'd like to you know stop for the day in comes an email and somebody says that thing you did over there can you come and do it over here we really need it you know we'd, we'd love for you to come you know even if you were thinking I was just about to turn off my computer you're thinking I'll just reply to that email mm-hmm. and you can feel it yeah I really want to work with you again because it was so good that time so the more we do the work uh, the more we touch people, the more they come back to us and ask us to do, you know, clients go from one place to another place to another place and they come back to us because they can see that we are committed and we will try really hard to help them do it. And we want to help them do it because we want things to be better for everyone. Yeah, yeah. And you can feel that as well. What do you do to look after yourself though, Femi? You are still human. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a hedonist, really. I've done some interesting things. At one point, I was a little worried. This a few years ago now. I was a little worried that my my work was getting a bit, you know, just the way I was presenting was getting a bit samey. So I went off and did um, a stand-up comedy course and then did a couple of years on the London comedy circuit just to find my fear again because I was getting a bit blasé there was no forum I was too frightened to walk into so standing up on a stage in front of a group of people who'd been drinking and whatever was that was a <laughs> thing to do I'm a, I'm a big believer in 
all the, all the things that one should expect. Now, at the moment, it's Pilates. I'm, I'm discovering that. I had not done it before lockdown. I'm, I'm quite big on kind of look, taking care of me and investing on me. I don't have too much trouble doing that. Yeah, that's good. And I think, you know, the body light, the body and brain lights a bit of novelty and it sounds like you're giving it some as well. <laughs> and I love the fact that you're challenging yourself as well. It's kind of stepping out of that comfort zone into that stretch zone of, oh, let's try new things and see how we can grow, how we can take that development further, which is, you know, it's, it's beautiful to hear. I've got one more question for you, Femi, because... I'm hearing a lot of people around me say, like, oh, I would want to do something to help or I would want to do something to that is just not for me, that has an impact in the world. So what would you recommend or what would you say to those that indeed do want to make a difference in the world? Where can they start? Well, I would start by seeing if you could make things a little bit better for one person. So if you are sort of well-established in your organisation, for example, look around and see if you could be a coach or a mentor, or better still, a sponsor for some up-and-coming talent. Wear somebody's T-shirt, wave their flag in a forum they wouldn't normally get into. If you feel, okay, I'm, I'm not coach material or I'm not mentor material, maybe it's just that you're going to intervene in a situation. Maybe you see a little micro-message happen in a meeting somewhere. Maybe you could just, even if you can't speak in that meeting, perhaps you can go and speak to the person afterwards and say, I saw that. How can I be an ally to you? So I think it's about deciding to be part of the change and broadcasting that you're going to be part of the change. And then people will invite you to do that with them. Mm. Get involved in something that you're passionate about as well. Communicate it. Let people know you want to be part of that change so you know lgbt history month is coming on you know are you going to go and speak to somebody about that uh what international women's Day is not very far away start planning what are you going to do around that yeah little tiny things yeah that's great so what is the one question that you wish we'd has- asked you today femi that we haven't I think probably it'd be something like, what are your next steps? <laughs> <laughs> Always looking forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is it? So, so what next? Because I, you know, I started in local government, then I went into, you know, this practice myself, and then, you know, what are you going to do next? And I think, well, one, my, my personal development is that I'm, uh, having done comedy and Pilates and whatever, I'm going to go and do cartooning. I, I think that that's going to improve the way I deliver my training if I could whip up a quick cartoon sketch. <laughs> I um, love that. <laughs> and I was approached very recently by a publisher who's asked if um you know if I'd like to write a book and I've said yes to that. So that's what's in the pipeline. And if I can find some time in between all the training and everything else. Yeah it's uh, exciting. Any idea of the exciting. book title? <laughs> I'm playing in uh, not yet, not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> there, is, there is something there, but uh, I don't think we're going to keep it quiet for now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant! That's 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 brilliant. I love that creative outlet. So, Femi, can you sum up in one sentence how have you made your life better? Oh, I have consistently made my life better by stepping off of the safe path. Oh, first one to do it in one sentence. I love that. We love that. <laughs> Concise, you know, <laughs> loving it. And, and it is a beautiful message as well, because people do fear quite frequently stepping out of that comfort zone because we don't know what's in there. But I think, you know, it's widely say 
said magic begins at the end of the comfort zone and you are true testament to that there are no barriers that you cannot smash down and conquer <laughs> we'll be following you Femi from now on don't worry <laughs> we're looking for the book <laughs> speaking of following Femi because I'm sure a lot of people listening to this today will love to reach out and connect with you so where can they find you do they have a website social channels anything where they can check out and, and link with you or challenge okay so challenge consultancy is the name of the business so everything's abbreviated chalcon uh so you can follow us on twitter at chalcon you can go to our website which is chalcon.com um, you can find challenges uh, materials at video arts and if you want to look at some of the management stuff we've done if you go to the chartered institute uh, professional development the cipd you can also see some of our work on there Fantastic. We'll make sure to put that on the show notes as well. So it's just one click away and they can easily reach out and connect and check that wonderful work that you do. And Femi, thank you so much for being with us today. It's definitely been an eye-opening, heartwarming conversation. So thank you so much for sharing it all with us. Thank you. Thank you, so thank you so much it's been great to be with you <laughs> thank you and to all of you listening to us and joining us every week thank you very much for doing so please do keep tuning in keep liking the show keep sharing it subscribe if you haven't done so so you get notified whenever we upload a new episode if you can leave a review if you've liked it that is fantastic and don't forget we release one episode every monday tune in spread the love share the love we shall see you next week and until then please keep safe keep inspired keep motivated and see you next week 